Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. This episode, you're going to meet Megan Bliss. She is a nurse practitioner who's been through her own journey. She resigned from conventional medicine and decided to launch her own practice because she really had this internal passion to educate women about hormones. And this conversation is great. We talk about social media. So if you're a practitioner and you're nervous about using social media, she talks honestly and candidly about how she just does it scared. And she's been doing this for six years. And she loves growing this knowledge base in her community. She talks about group visits and how she runs group visits in different styles. And if you're a patient and you're curious about why hormones might be important, we cover it all here. You're going to learn about her journey to help women enjoy optimal energy. And Megan Bliss is exactly as you might hear in her voice. She's vibrant. She loves helping patients find balanced moods by optimizing their hormones so she can help them live a life that they confidently love. She's been there before. She uses her own journey. After having her second baby, she felt trapped in a body that felt foreign. She was under a lot of stress, gaining weight, even while breastfeeding. She felt exhausted and frankly overwhelmed. She knew that there could be more and felt in her heart there could be a better way for sustainable results. So she started researching and she was struggling with a variety of health concerns at the age of 26. She had multiple food sensitivities, hormone disruptions, GI complications, and stress. And this went on for years with lots of pharmaceuticals and symptoms until she started developing her own protocols. She started going to functional conferences and now she has a method. She teaches the same process that pulled her from feeling lost and unconfident and depleted into bliss. So listen to this amazing interview with Megan Bliss. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. I am thrilled to interview Megan Bliss. First of all, love the name Bliss. I mean, it's just sort of like perfect for holistic functional medicine, right? In fact, um, you know, I love the word bliss so much that it's part of my little tagline in my in my book that I wrote from burnout to bliss because who does not want to feel blissful? So I noticed that and I was like, oh, it's so great. (laughs) You have the most enviable, enviable name to make a business that you want to hear what my maiden name was? What? Moody. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I went from moody to bliss. That is funny. That is like a, that's a memoir title right there, you know? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, Megan, without further introduction, thank you for coming on here. And I'm so excited to talk to you all about what you're doing in healthcare, how you got there, your journey, how you love social media, all this stuff. I think it's going to be a fun discussion. So why don't we start with, okay, how'd you end up where you're at right now in healthcare? Yeah. So I have been a nurse practitioner for about 10 years. I was a registered nurse working inpatient hospital all over a large hospital for 
four years before that. Uh, and then I got my nurse practitioner, went into family practice and naturally women tend to come to a female provider when they've heard, Oh, there's a female provider. Okay. I'm going to go to her. Yep. And so I would have a lot of women and they'd sit on my exam table and they would tell me how exhausted they are, how they don't feel like themselves, how they just don't feel good in their skin. And I was sitting there on my little rolly chair, you know, that we have. And I would be like, I believe you because guess what? I feel the same way too. And I just really didn't feel like I was given the tools in my conventional education on how to address and get to the bottom of those things. So anyways, I... About six years ago, I started doing more research into functional medicine and consuming as much as I could. And about a year later, I started doing social media to educate what I was learning about. And I was just really, really excited to share what I was learning and how things were not necessarily the way that uh, conventional medicine is taught. And so I, I would share on social media and, uh, started with Facebook and transitioned and moved from there. I, I was employed. So I primarily used it as an educational tool for a good three, four years to just educate people that were in my sphere. And then a few years ago, I started doing more promotional stuff for my employers. And, um, then just uh, over, what, a year and a half ago, I launched out and opened up my own practice. I love this. First of all, I love that you're breaking and disrupting the healthcare system in a fun, friendly way. Like you were like, you know, I'm so excited to share. I'm just going to make this educational. I'm going to talk to my community, even when you're employed, which, you know, I've been employed too. And I, I have to speak for my own experience only, but I bet it's similar to others that your employer is lucky to have you if you're that excited and you're doing social media and some employers won't let you have your own brand or let you do certain things. And you just were like, Hey, this is awesome. People need to know about it. I need you know to what? jump in. That's when I decided to go out on my own because they did not like me having my own brand. And I noticed the impact that I could make in life. And I was just like, and, and what just this health transformation has done for me personally in my quality of life. And I was like, okay, if you're not going to let me do this, I feel it on my heart. I feel it's like one of my purposes in life. And I got a break free. I love this. I love this girl. I get it too. That's, that was kind of my tipping point. I mean, the autonomy has to happen, right? You want, when you feel passionate about something, you want to be able to express it and have your own voice. And I love that you did that. I really think that eventually, you know, the pendulum is swinging and healthcare is going to have to be reinvented and they're going to have to let practitioners embrace that own unique creativity they have. Otherwise, we don't we'd be going to robots for for doctors and practitioners right. and nobody wants that, you know. So, OK, so fast forward, you were like done with this. I'm going to launch my own stuff. And what is your favorite thing to help patients with? I, I love hormones. For women, because when we can have a myriad of issues, but we feel it when our hormones are out of whack and it really can disrupt our relationships, our productivity, our just our general well-being, our confidence, all of that. So I really, really love helping women with their hormones. And it's not necessary. It doesn't necessarily just tie to their hormones. It, tie, it, it all ties together, which, you know, you know, every system in the body is tied together. And so it's 
it's really helping them realize and recognize where their sticky points are. And that's, that's what I love doing. I love that. And I love that you have it anchored into your own personal story. I think that that's a common thing that when we go through our own hero's journey or heroine, um, and we experience things, we become that lightning, that divining rod, that like lighthouse, that beacon for others to go, oh, well, you've lived it too. So I can trust you. Not that they couldn't trust you before, but it gives that authenticity of, hey, I understand. And hormones, you're right. They are king. No, they're queen of everything. (laughs) And when they're out of whack, when they're not feeling good, it feels like all the systems suffer. Um, So tell me about how you got over your your own little, you know, do it scared mentality. That's what I I, I love when when you mentioned social media and getting out there and Talk to me about that because that's hard as a health practitioner. We worry about perfection. We worry about saying everything right. And you're like, hey, I'm just going to do it scared. Talk to me about that mindset. Yeah. And when I first started diving into things, you know, six years ago, I I didn't have any formal, functional, integrative training. And I was just hitting up every book and conference that I could. And I was taking tidbits of everything that I had. And I was like, okay, this aspect is totally applicable for my demographic of women that I'm working with. And I I love when things can be applied in a realistic format and not just taking 5,000 supplements. And here you go, you know, it's got to be very applicable in your life. And so I, I just built on that. Oh my gosh. I have to pause right here because you got me so excited. You're right. Like I feel like so many patients that are new to a functional or holistic approach tend to relay the same um, kind of dysfunctional mindset in conventional medicine that we take a pill for an ill. So it's like a sup for what's up, you know, Hey, what's up? Okay. Let me get a supplement and fill that hole. And it's like, no, no, no. And you're exactly right that the most effective practitioners are ones that break it down into super simple terms. It does not have to be these lengthy volumes of protocols. It does not have to be 50 supplements that you're rotating based on the lunar cycle. I mean, like you break it down into something easy. And I love that you, I wonder what was your first conference? Maybe we were sitting next to each other because mine was about six or seven years ago. And I started doing the same thing, like putting everything down. When, when did you like, when did you fall in love with functional medicine? Oh, well, one of the conferences that I went to was a compound, a compounding pharmacy conference. Yes, uh, one of the local, yeah. One of the local pharmacies was like, Hey, practitioners locally here, I'm inviting you to come to this compounding pharmacy conference with us. And it was all about hormones. And uh, I had also listened to Chris Kresser's book, Unconventional Medicine, too. And I was just like, yep, yep, this is this is how I roll. Yes. And it's funny. It is like very addicting when you get a practitioner that like sort of drinks a little bit of that water of, oh, wait a second, there's other ways to do this? Like, where has this been all my life? And I felt just like you when I sat in my first five-day IFM conference, I felt like, wait a second where has this, this has been here for 20 years. Where have I been? And like you, I was taking it all in and I'm like, where can I get more and signing up for free webinars on the lab testing and all this stuff. And just like consuming, like just this black hole of like, give me more. And like you'd mentioned that goes nowhere unless we can apply it. Like, you know, there's only so much learning we can do. And a lot of us in healthcare suffer from this imposter syndrome where we feel like we have to know everything before we can apply it. No, you don't. Like you said, just get it out there. 
And I started sharing because I was like, women need to know about this and they need to know these things. And so I just started sharing bit by bit as I was learning over the years, you know, until, until I was like, okay, I finally have a process and I can be like, okay, there's a process that goes into this, but it was in initially it was just bit by bit. Love this. And I love that you mentioned process and symptoms or not symptoms, systems, because as we know, when we, you know, go into many conferences in functional medicine, now you're, you're a veteran. You've been in this for six years. You kind of know what works, you know, your experience, what you're comfortable with. We can't know it all just like conventional <laughs> medicine can't know it all. So we have our favorite supplement companies. We might have our favorite lab tests. We have a, a way that we can get people healthier. And I love that you said, I have a, I have a system. Do you say system or process process? process. Methods. Yeah. yeah. Method, you know, all the same, yeah. <laughs> all the same. And what's funny and not, I mean, not funny, haha, but just interesting is that a lot of our systems and processes are very similar. You know, IFM has the 5R protocol, you know, and a lot of the schools of training have very, very similar systems. And what happens is we get bogged down on details. You know, you get practitioners saying, well, I don't know if that, you know what, it really does not matter. We just need progress. We need to start one area and start going slowly. So tell me more about your, your little method, your system, your, your protocol. Yeah. So I like to identify what is going on. So I, I basically work through identifying, strategizing, and then empowering. That's kind of the process that I like to do. And in the identify process, I, I, I like to identify, okay, what's what's going on? What's actually happening? What is, what is the data? What is causing these issues? And what is contributing to this staying a problem. So, so the identification process is the first phase that I like to work through on any issue. And then once we have all that data collected, then we can really strategize, okay, what lifestyle interventions are going to be the most beneficial for you to focus on because life is overwhelming and we don't, we want to eat an elephant one bite at a time. You know, we can't eat the whole elephant. And so what is going to be the most effective lifestyle changes that you can make nutritionally movement uh, stress reduction, all of that. And then yeah, supplement where we are deficient or lacking, or we can't fully make a commitment for some nutritional changes or something like that. And then empowerment, just really educating and letting people know, like it is, you have so much in your control and there is not much that, that is completely out of our hands, but let's really just only focus on what we can control. I love this. This is a great method. And it really speaks to the science and art of healing and of medicine that, you know, even if, and this is what I tell patients that walk in my door is, you know, we can always make a difference. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not in the same realm as modern medicine is very much needed for chemotherapy, for surgery, for things that are going to do right. a different level of healing. But what we do is always going to help. I mean, we're lowering inflammation. That's basically what everybody's doing in some way is we're trying to lower inflammation, trying to change your epigenetic expressions, trying to kind of give you a good footing. So no matter what disease label that walks in your door and, you know, when you're dealing with hormones, it's the same thing. You know, you're just kind of balancing and trying to lower that inflammation. So everything plays nicely together. And we, we need to play on that playground. Good. We, everybody needs to play on the playground. Yes. We have room for everybody. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I love the, the identifying, strategizing, empowering. And that's so key because patients need to feel that when they walk out after working with you for a while, that they have those tools and they can look back and go, yeah, that's what went off track again. And now I can get back on track because I have these tools. 
So I'm curious for you, and I'm, I'm just going to speak candidly on my experience again. When I left conventional medicine, I was grieving because I felt like I wanted to stay in there. And I still think we can, but there's many ways we can stay in there and still deliver functional medicine. But for my instance, I couldn't because of a small town. And so I decided I had to leave. And I was grieving because I was seeing 20 people a day. And then I went to seeing very few a day. I bawled. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bawled because I thought, what am I doing? I'm not, I'm not helping. And then I realized a mind shift is the people I do see, I'm affecting generations because what exactly. they're doing yes. is their, their whole family gets better and then they're friends. And there's people that I see on the street I've never met. And they're like, oh, I know so-and-so who was a patient and they showed me a few things and I feel so much better. I'm like, great. So yeah. how do you, did you feel like a grief state when you left at first? Oh, 100%. There was like this part of me that was just like you said, I, I feel like there's so much I could do within there. But really, we didn't have the time to do it in that model, you know, that type of care. And and, and I was I was just I totally grieved I bawled. And but now I am owning the fact that there I, I am making a big difference. And I am and and I give as much free, you know, not advice, yes. but personal advice. But I give as much free education as I can out there on social media because so that way I'm my my thought process is the more you give, the more you receive on sure. the other end. And so I, I give a ton of education and I I have several uh practitioners locally that will refer to me and and to collaborate and all of that. And so it's really become a beautiful process. That's wonderful. And I love that, you know, you, you kind of did it in an unusual way. I'll, I'll be honest. Most practitioners go through what I went through, which is that when you get out, I, I was nervous about giving away free education because I, I was all worried about malpractice, all worried about all this. So I was kind of very, very minimal. And then I, I slowly evolved and realized, wait, this is just education. It's just stuff people need. And the more you give, it's not, it's, it's actually useful because they're still going to want to come see you to get their own personalized rendition of it. And I love how you kind of just kind of retro, it just went plunked in the deep end and you're like, let's do this. I know. And it was, it was a little scary initially. Like I said, just do it scared. It was so scary because I, I had this misconception that professional women shouldn't be on social media. It's just these bougie influencers, stay at home moms, whatever. And professional women shouldn't be doing this. And I was like, no, no, no. If I'm going to help change the way social media is appeared, we got to flood it with more good. We got to have more good in there and not and 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 if I can be a small sliver of a corner of good, then that is a huge win for me. Oh my gosh, I wish I could give you a huge virtual hug because that is so true. I like to refer to social media like a monster, a little furry, cute monster that sits in the corner of your room. And we don't need to obsess over it. You don't need to feed it a five course meal every day. Give it a few breadcrumbs. Make sure it's got like a good level sugar, you know, in its in its blood system. I mean, like just give it a little bit of consistency. And that's all we need to do because I think we obsess over social media. I think like people worry they have to look good. They have to be perfect. Oh, no. What if they say it wrong? I mean, like, do you still, I sometimes still have that. Do you still suffer from that? Or are you just oh. like... I, well, I, I think for a while I did struggle with that, 
But now if you come into my social media sphere, it's very, um, I, I think I had on my Instagram stories last night, I maybe set off my fire alarms in my house. The smoke detectors were going off while I, Love it. I was doing something, overflowed dinner in the oven and smoke detectors were going off. So I'm very raw and I definitely show my, uh, definitely a rough around the edges side on social media. And I think that humanizes me. So then I'm Absolutely. more approachable and all of that. So. Absolutely. We meet people where they're at and people want to know, like, and trust their practitioner. And, and that gives a really awesome human side because we're all human. We, if I'm in my small town and I'm at the grocery store and I got three bags of Doritos in there, either I can hang my head in shame or I can go, hey, I got a teenager who's having a sleepover. I can't control right? everything, you know? Yeah. And so I love this about social media that, you know, there is a comfort level. Some of us are more introverted. Some of us are more extroverted. Some of us are ambiverted. And I tend to definitely have a cadence. There's times I love just like showing up. And then there's times I'm like, I'm just going to be in my hidey hole for a little bit. And that's okay too. Um, So do you have your own little routine or are you just kind of like going by the seat of your pants? Most of the time it's by the seat of my pants. I mean, I've got things that I'm fairly consistent about sharing, but most of the time it's it's flying by the seat of my pants and as I'm filling it and as I'm inspired and, you know, when that seasonal affective disorder sets in, I do tend to, you know, withdraw into my little cave a little bit more. And I'm definitely what I would consider a forced extroverted introvert. I'm totally an introvert, but I have this thing on my heart that was like, you got to get out there and put yourself out there and share your message. And so that's where I'm a kind of a, I forced myself to, to, and not that I am fake, but I hear you. I have to force myself out of it. You are. Oh my gosh. You are saying exactly what is the catalyst for energy. And so when we talk about like the flow, the creativity, the neuroscience in our brain, when we are not aligned with values of our organization or of our current job or relationship or friendship or whatever, it tends to drain us. We don't have that yeah. inner inner spark, that that glow. We just feel like we're going through the motions. But when you pivot and you align core values, you have a mission, you have a purpose, it's like you unlock this this endless energy and it's it's amazing and people don't believe it until they experience it and they're like oh, you're not kidding flow and creativity is is medicinal i feel like i love what i do every day a hundred percent because i don't know how many people are out there scrolling social media and thinking oh i could never be like her i could never be like her and it's not it it's just you haven't found like you said your flow state yep haven't found your freak flag to fly it yet Boy, that's a lot of F's in one sentence, but it's true. And, and I just love that, you know, you are, are giving that voice in your unique way, which again, the other thing I hear often in my Catalyst Studio mentorship is the practitioner saying, well, there's a lot of people doing hormones or there's a lot of people doing gut health and I'm just going to get your oyster. Yes. And no one's doing it in the way you are. Nobody is exactly. bliss. Nobody is, you know, you're doing it in your own perspective and that's what people want. They want your perspective. And yeah. your personality. Yeah, I, I I've had conversations with people who are like, "Oh, there's too many practitioners in this area," and I'm like, "Yeah, but yeah, but because I live very in a r- very rural area too," and I'm like, 
there with the virtual world, there is so much opportunity out there. There are so many people to help you should not and to get help from like I have sought out people on social media to help me with my weaknesses and limitations and it's geography is not a limitation this day and age yes oh my gosh I love that and I also love that you seek out your own ways to level up that's the mark of an awesome practitioner or person in my opinion is is you know in the old days well you're young but in the old days we would ask like what's on your mixtape like what do you listen to now it's like what's your Spotify you know playlist and what's your podcast and now it's like okay are you getting a mentor? Who's mentoring you? Like, what are you doing? Right. What are you working on? Like, I've had public speaking mentors. I've had business mentors. You know, you want to yeah. like level up because we all have a little bit of weakness somewhere and you can always improve. And that's kind of where we're at with patient care in functional medicine is they are coming to us for, you know, these blind spots that don't get seen in conventional yep. medicine. And yep. there we are saying, okay, let's work on something. Even if we don't have a new lab result, there's always something we can work on. Right. And I heard something just yesterday. This gal on TikTok said investing in people is one of the best investments that you could ever make. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I almost feel naked if I don't have a mentor in my back pocket, you know, like, okay, who am I going to see next? Where am I going to learn? And this is so important when we're wanting to stay current and to really, you know, help our own ease of execution of this because we can get burned out in functional medicine being a practitioner so mm-hmm. easily. And that's the saddest part I see is people leaping out from one model or one practice or one hospital or even one private practice and saying, well, I'm going to go do it over here. And then we get burned out again, you know, and it's yeah. about managing your own energy and your own flow and your own boundaries. And so tell me a little bit about what do you do to take care of yourself? Oh, I, I move my body every day. I eat vegetables, even though I don't like them. Uh, I eat them anyways. Um, I have boundaries in my business so that I don't overdo it because I could very easily stay in this office sun up till sundown very easily. Uh, but I also find joy in my kids and what they're doing. And I meditate and I pray and I, uh, try and do things that just make me feel good. I love that. They gotta have a little bit of that dopamine sprinkled on top, something novel, (laughs) something new, you know, that feeds that flow cadence where you're like, what can I do that's different? And, and recognizing that, Yes, if you love your job, you could do it all day. And that's not healthy either. Do you have a favorite boundary that you'd like to share? Like something that you put in place for your business? Do you have, everybody has different rules that they have for themselves. What, what's something that, that you do? I would say minor office hours, just having office hours because I do so much virtually. Everything is virtual in things that I, I have office hours of when I am looking, answering messages and seeing clients and patients and doing all of that. So office hours has been a very glorious thing for me. And I'm constantly up leveling and really trying to strategize, okay, where are my weaknesses and my boundaries? And do I need to fortify certain boundaries? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, That's the funny thing. We all think, okay, I got my boundaries in place. I'm good to go. Oh, no, 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 no. Because we're all human and somebody's going to find a little loophole or a weakness. And it's not that they're malicious. It's just, you didn't realize that was a, a boundary issue that you needed, needed to fortify. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I call them fat boundaries. You want to frame them, 
like frame the expectations and then anticipate the breach because somebody's going to find a breach, but then thank them for, oh, thank you for finding that. Now here's the new reshaped boundary that I'm going to advise, you know? I love that you put the thank you in there because then it makes them feel a little bit important and (laughs) all of that. That that is the one entrepreneurial lesson that I learned early on that has helped me the most is when I have, I feel like I have egg on my face, like I might've dropped the ball or a glitch happened with a technology app or somebody, whatever, you know, things happen in entrepreneurial land, like a patient is dissatisfied or they found something that was not, you know, professional, whatever it is. I say, thank you for finding that, you know, because it is horrible to know that something isn't to their expectation, right. but thanking them. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I sent out surveys. Please tell me if everything was okay. How did it go? And nobody said anything until like two years in. Somebody said, by the way, that one little link you put on there doesn't work. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for telling me. Nobody would tell me. So right. um, that that idea that feedback is a gift not, you know, something to expect. When someone gives you feedback, say thank you. Because that, that stuff is hard to get out of people. Um, yes. So yeah, I'm on a soapbox here, but I think that's, that's awesome. So tell me more about when you, again, we're going back to the old, you know, antique way that healthcare is, that is changing. I mean, with AI, I mean, if you listen, I did a recording um, in the previous episode where I talked to um, one of our software tech guys who's out doing AI infrastructure for healthcare. I mean, it's going to change. Now, until it changes, let's pretend you have a magic hat and Megan Bliss is now the CEO Um, the admin of a hospital. And it's like the perfect ideal hospital that embraces a beautiful marriage of modern and holistic and functional medicine. What would you change in that hospital that would make it accessible in our current system? Ooh, that is a tough question. What would I change to make it accessible? Honestly, I think it would be because I think a lot of change happens when inspiration is there. And I think it would be inspiring patients to want more and to not just want a pill for every ill, you know, like you said, the supplement, you know, and, and, and maybe just more mindset thoughts with it all. That would be like the magic hat that I would have on would be let's pull out some mindset work. And then, and, and if that mindset's there, I feel like people are more empowered to do it without necessarily feeling like they need their hand held through it all. And they'll feel more empowered to, to take on lifestyle changes. Brilliant. You're right. I think empowerment is key. A lot (laughs) of us don't know the possibilities. And when patients are trying new things, they're not sure it's going to work. And to have other people doing the same thing right alongside you is so wonderful. The work from, you know, James Maskell doing his community cure and a lot of community health, um, advocate, you know, advocated, um, Communities are saying, you know, these group visits really can empower patients from peer to peer without the practitioner doing much other than providing a space. Um, And that's where I see in modern healthcare where they could at least start making a dent in some of this functional medicine. There are some systems that are are looking to have functional departments because they're seeing that patients want this. But what they could do is, I think, provide, like you said, that inspirational foundation of saying, well, here, let's meet in a group and you can learn a little bit about lifestyle and it's in a safe space. You can see other people and hear how it works for them. And I think that would be the easiest way to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Cause I feel like, uh, a lot of the people that I talk to, they're like, I'm a very private person. By golly, I am too, you know? And so I feel like our conventional, 
uh, healthcare model has conditioned them. We've got HIPAA, we've got all of that, but it's conditioned them to not talk about our health issues. But in my groups, it is so fun when women start talking and bouncing ideas off of each other. And it's definitely empowering. And empower was my word of the year last year because I felt like I needed some empowerment in my own life and business. And then I I wanted to be the source of helping women feel empowered. Ooh, let's dive in. I want to talk a little bit about group visits because you hit the the golden nugget right there. I I think we're in similar communities because I'm in the rural Midwest in Wisconsin and everybody, most of the people here are Swiss heritage. So they're, you know, quite private. You know, they don't really want to put everything on display. Uh, They're quite reserved. And so when I started group visits three years ago or so, it was a little sparse. People didn't know what they were stepping into. Um, And I just remember feeling like, well, it's either going to work or it won't. And I'm going to try it. And Fast forward, the people that are there, and I still have some that have been there since day one, they're like, this is so good. It's like a different environment. It's different than my mom group or my church group or whatever. It is like like like-minded individuals learning and we get to share, hey, did you know there's a sale over here on organic broccoli? Um, So tell me more stories that are from the vault of your group visits. What What is something brilliant that's been exciting in your memory of having group visits? You know, it was... uh my my very first group that I did, which was over a year ago was when I launched my very first group visit. And one of the members, and I hadn't heard of this, and I think you like, I think I've seen that you like this, but the aura, aura ring. And one of my group members shared it. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And she said, I that tried this and it really helped her. I'm thinking about getting one. And then before you knew it, it like spread to all of us. And it was just, that was just one of those things that I was like, see, like she was able to help where maybe I didn't oh, for sure. know that a question would come up or something, you know? And, and so it's just so nice to have somebody bring something up and another person brought up. So this worked for me. Uh, this, this didn't work for me. And then that really helped another group member or questions asked, you know, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that question, but that question totally helped me, you know? Yes. So There is a synergy. There's a synergy and magic that happens in groups. And that's so different. It's a facilitation of groups. That is another skill altogether. That's another area of mentoring that I sought out to have help with facilitation because it can get fun and crazy. And then suddenly three hours pass. So you have to be very like, you know, diligent. So everybody runs their groups differently and, and practitioners there is, if you're listening and you're a practitioner and you're like, I don't know if I could do a group, listen, there are no rules. You can run it and have a trial of a certain style and see if that works for you. And then you can pivot and try a different style. For example, there's closed groups, which is like an enrollment and then and then you graduate them and then you have a different group, a different cohort. There's open groups. There's all sorts of, you know, uh, diagnoses, specific groups. So tell me a little bit about, more about how you do your groups. Yeah. So I initially started with the closed cohort uh, model, I guess we'll say. So we bring in X amount and uh, go through and week after week we're doing visits and I have partially recorded things, the things that I say over and over again that that everybody needs to hear are kind of the recorded portion. But then I've got my live office hours where we answer questions and troubleshoot and look at lab work and be like, oh yeah, improvements can be made here. And, and my first group was 
just hormones specific, the sex hormones and cortisol levels were my focus there. And I'm launching another group on thyroid here pretty quickly. And I'm launching my just general functional medicine group soon where it's just going to be ongoing and auto every regularly. That's what I I love that. It's like, it's a play box. It's a sandbox for you just to try out (laughs) and 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 you're bold about that. And that's the thing I think that is so magical because, you know, you can make the rules. This is your business. It's your passion. It's your mission. And and I think if you're listening again and you're a practitioner kind of flirting with the idea of why groups would help, I don't see any reason why they are not something you should try. It is not only a better use of your time because you're able to reach more people, but even if you're a little introverted like me or maybe like Megan, it gives you that time. I used groups to learn because I would kind of study up before, you know, and because as I was learning years ago, and I mean, I'm never going to not stop learning. Neither are you. Right. Exactly. And so I always kind of study a little bit, you know, and go, okay, I want to, I want to go to this conference and I'm going to teach it to my next group, you know? And yeah, because you, you, you see it here at, or teach yes. it. What's that, what's that process, you know? Yes. Like, See one, do one, teach one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's true. It just makes you a better practitioner. And and I would do, I would go to a mold conference and then I'd turn it right back into my group and say, oh, let's learn about mold. And like you said, um, people will bring stuff to you that you'd never heard of. And, and it's up to us to go, wow, that's cool. Let me research that. And the aura ring is now your, your buddy because everybody's using it. And so this is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have, I, I could talk to you forever. It's already been almost 40 right. minutes. So we're going to, we're going to um, kind of close this out. Where can people find you, Megan? I am on, I'm on most social media platforms because that is a big, I, I love the educational aspect of it, but primarily on Instagram and TikTok. Those are my two playgrounds. And I, and I, try and add in a little bit of humor in there too, because that helps me, helps bring out my extroverted side a little bit more. Uh, But Instagram, TikTok, uh, meganbliss.com is also my website to learn how to work with me or just know what I'm recommending, all of that. Oh, I love this. Thank you for being here. Before we end this brilliant interview, I like to circle back and reflect on where we've come. You know, burnout happens. We're always fighting against burnout. I believe it exists everywhere in the world. It is not going to go away. And the one recipe that fights burnout is the AHA method, which stands for anchor, highlight, and activate. So I'd like to pause and ask you specifically, what activates you inside for this somatic energy that gets you excited? I believe you've mentioned a few things, but what's your favorite way to activate yourself? Probably laughing. Really. And so that's why I like to bring humor into my social media, because if I can get a good laughter laugh out there, whether it's from my family or my group members or my friends, laughing really brings the best out of me. That's beautiful, because that's also a flow trigger, a flow enhancer. It, it, it brings out that dopamine and serotonin. So, yeah. You're doing everything. Megan Bliss, it's a pleasure and everybody needs to follow you. I will put all the links in the show notes and you are definitely a catalyst of the future of healthcare. So thank you for being you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This was wonderful. It is wonderful. And we're all coloring outside the lines together. And so I'm happy to be in this sphere with you. And for the listeners, keep coloring and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. Listen, if you're a holistic or integrative practitioner looking to streamline your steps, follow Megan Bliss. She is part of our premium subscription box subscribers. 
every month you get an inbox of a mini mentorship. Your first welcome box is digitally given to you and it has over 60 editable functional medicine infographics. Why recreate the wheel? Use my stuff, put your own logo on it, use it for your patient education, follow what Megan's doing. You also get a complimentary mentoring session and a free copy of Right Brain Rescue. Then every month in your digital subscription box, you will get a brand new infographic release vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio Mentorship and SOPs and templates and other digital tools that you can apply in your clinic. It is exactly what you need to be effective, strategic, and to level up your own functional practice. So let's keep coloring outside the lines until next time.